It's time for Barreled Up by Ball Cap Sports. Here's your, here's your, here's your host, Jim Wiley. Welcome to the Barreled Up podcast. I am your host, Jim Riley. I have one of my friends joining today, the leader in Mets content on YouTube. Tyler from Morty NYM is here. I'm looking forward to diving into a conversation with him. We're going to touch on the deadline for just a minute, but then we're going to move on. We're going to focus on moving forward, 2024, the offseason, all of that. Quick reminder to everybody to make sure to turn on the automatic download so you get the content as soon as it is uploaded to the podcast feed. And be sure to find us on the Odyssey platform or wherever you find your podcasts. Let's get started. Tyler, how are you doing coming off of this deadline, coming off of this last week? It feels like it's been a whirlwind for you as a Mets fan. How are you doing just yourself, personally? How are you feeling? Uh, personally, outside of Mets land, doing fantastic yeah, right good, now. Inside good. of and I'm hoping the same for you. I've, I've been loving everything that you've been doing with the Barreled Up podcast, so I hope that a lot of people are chiming in. I know they have Thanks, been. Sir. You've been grinding with the content. Um, When it comes to the Mets, it's it's been a whirlwind, to say the least. I, I've been, mm-hmm. you know, I've looked at this team over the past month, month and a half, two months, and was pretty much seeing the writing on the wall, uh, knowing that with the trends that they were having, that they weren't going to get anywhere, and Ultimately, that led to pretty much a fire sale of anyone that was not going to be on a long-term contract. And how I'm feeling about that is, given the circumstances and given what the Mets received, I think that they did a really good job, actually, with their moves, all things considered. Yeah. I, I I have to give a lot of credit, uh, given the circumstance, uh, knowing that Steve Cohen is willing to eat, you know, around... 90 100 million dollars uh in these contracts just to get the best possible return uh the average owner can't do that but steve cohen is an anomaly in that right so uh don't get me wrong uh to say i'm frustrated about 2023 is quite the understatement i'm Mm -hmm. gutted uh the season's been over before i even knew it i feel like however uh to build the farm a year's worth plus of building a farm in a week pretty Mm -hmm. impressive thing that they were able to do and i'm really excited to get into um you know what these players could potentially be for them yeah i agree with you i think that with what (laughs) how this transpired everything that went on i I feel like the mets the mets did the best they could do and the prospects they got back were pretty pretty solid i i want to ask you this though about this deadline you know, a few years ago, it was the deadline for Alex Anthopoulos. He pulled off those deals, bringing in, you know, uh, Solaire and Rosario and, and others. And that sort of was like, okay, well, that's, we remember that now. It's been many years. We still talk about that. We're waiting for Nicky Lopez to be that next guy for the Braves. Will this deadline for a while, you think this is going to be remembered as the, Mets trade deadline. Nobody will remember that Eduardo Rodriguez was not traded. Nobody will remember that the Blue Jays went to the Cardinals well three times to get three separate trades done. What they will remember is this was sort of the close of the 2023 season for the Mets. The fact that they traded Verlander and Scherzer and almost how they went about maybe debuting a new formula for how to handle expiring or not expiring but aging uh gigantic contracts you know you just you don't have to suffer through those contracts and suffer through those years you can basically send money away and buy a prospect 
Is this deadline going to be remembered at least for the next five, 10 years as the Mets deadline for all of those points? I think when you look at all the respected moves that transpired at this year's deadline, I think there's a fair argument to be had that yes, it will. Obviously, it's going to take numerous years for that to be the case. But mm-hmm. I think about some, I think a good example, first one that pops in my head. Uh, the Mets traded a guy, a Cy Young Award winner, a great knuckleballer by the name of R.A. Dickey a number of years ago. Mm-hmm. Trade them to Toronto. And you mm-hmm. know this very well. Got a couple pieces back in a Travis Darno and this guy called Noah Syndergaard. And that ended yeah. up working pretty well for the Mets uh, for mm-hmm. a number of years. And I I see those similarities in trading away an aging veteran starting pitcher and acquiring not only prospect talent, but pretty much top tier prospect talent, the best Mm -hmm. that they could possibly get. Uh, When you look at Luis Angel Acuna, who I'm so excited that the Mets have in their farm, he is, in my opinion, their top prospect now. You can make an argument between him and uh, a couple others, but the Mets reshaped their entire farm system overnight. And what Steve Cohen did was unprecedented. You know, Mar- uh, look, it wasn't long ago you and I were sharing an Airbnb together back in spring training, talking about the expectations heading into the season. Yeah. And you see Justin Verlander, you see Max Scherzer, and you knew there was plenty of risk heading into it. You knew that the likelihood of the Mets probably having a miraculous run with these two guys as your two-headed horsemen leading the way wasn't necessarily in their favor. However, to see the Mets see everything unravel. Max Scherzer, when he doesn't have a slider on, he's given up the 450-foot nukes, and JV looked great over the past month and a half, and that really helped his value, too. But point being is that this was the Wolponzian regime of the Mets, and these contracts were here. Um, the Mets would not be able to part with them, and if they did, they would get very little in return, because right. they that was a previous ownership that was not willing to eat said dollars. Now with Steve Cohen, he wants to act fast. He's not a guy that takes losing lightly. That's what happens when you're worth $18 million through his um, head fun at point 72 so he wants to act fast and he wants to really do the best he can to build the farm and have sustained success the Dodgers way and I think the Mets did a great job of being mm-hmm. able to do that utilizing his dollars in a unique way that just is again unprecedented from today's game in baseball and I do think that this is going to change the law of the land a little bit for years to come with other owners that have more of a willingness and say hey wow you know what maybe if we do eat this contract just deal with it for a couple of years we get a young player back that quite literally has potential of being above average, all-star level, whatever it may be, you know? So, like, between Luis Angel Acuna and, of course, the huge haul that they got from an Astros farm system, that, albeit, isn't deep, but they got arguably their two best prospects, that being Andrew Gilbert and Ryan Clifford, in which Ryan Clifford, Mm -hmm. I've heard so much raving things on. There are Mm -hmm. scouts that already believe that he is ahead of Drew Gilbert. So, not only them, David Robertson, a 38-year-old reliever, 39-year-old, that they trade for two prospects from Miami, Marco Vargas, infield prospect, is deemed as already yes. a top seven prospect for the Mets. He looks Mets. good. Yeah, he does look good. And, I mean, it, smaller scale, you throw away Dominic Leone, who was just an easier for us, was not good, pitched way too much to the Angels, and the Mets got a top ten prospect from the LA Angels. So mm-hmm. you just look at all these pieces that they managed to acquire, and you have to wonder what it's going to look like for the years to come. I truly do believe that we're going to look down four or five years from now and say, wow, this dead as much as abysmal as 2023 was the Mets turned and acted as fast as humanly possible. And these kids, hopefully, hopefully yeah. two out of the four, uh, you know, at absolute minimum um, mm-hmm. prosper and become the talent that they're deemed to be based on their current status. It really does. It, it does change the thought process. If you have a player with a contract that was deemed untradeable, even though the player's still good, the state the player's still productive, but he's way overpaid. 
What do you want to do? Do you want to live with that contract or turn that contract, pay for it, eat it, turn it into prospects? What they did was smart. We've seen it done in the past, but not to this scale. One of the players that was on the way out, Max Scherzer, talked about how, and, and these were two reports that also came out on deadline day, Bob Nightingale and Ken Rosenthal both had reports Verlander and uh, Max on the way out were told by Mets brass that they did not plan on really contending to a all out go for it level in 2024, that 2025, 2026, that was the plan. Your thoughts as a Mets fan about hearing that next year, they don't really like whether it's the free agent class, they don't like how it fits in with with their formula with starting pitching because there are starting pitchers available to go and get. Your thoughts on hearing that, that next year may be a a reset year in a sense or or an off year. What do you think? So initially when I heard this news, because I found out from great people within the industry uh, as the Scherzer negotiations was actively happening. And I, and I heard, you know, that closed door that this was the type of conversation that had. And when I initially heard that, I was like, oh boy, okay. So we're, we're doing a full reset. Um, we're not even going to be close to competing in 2024. That was my initial thought. Yeah. However, after hearing what not only Billy Yepler had a state, but the man at the helm himself and Steve Cohen just did a video on this uh, because it's valid. Uh, Cohen made it abundantly clear that yes, I spoke to Max speaking uh, for Steve here. Uh, Max asked if I would be all in in free agency this upcoming offseason. I couldn't guarantee him that. And for valid reasoning, uh, the Mets philosophy heading into 2024 is a team that still wants to be heavily competitive, according to Cohen. And I truly do believe that because that that is the one man out of all people that I trust most in the organization because he's putting his foot. He's putting his foot forward. He's putting the best efforts in. And I do believe that we're going to get the promise to the promised land with him at some point whether that's in a couple years a decade from now whatever it will be I, I do have faith in him and this what the Mets did here I think there's a couple things one how they approached Max and JV specifically Max I think there was a certain proponent to kind of make sure that they were going to waive those trade clauses I think that that to a degree is true I, I think you look at Max Scherzer he had one more year on his deal in which he was likely going to opt in right and yeah. that's because why would you turn down $43 million when right. you're likely not going to get that? Uh, what what was Max going to do for the Mets next year that would be any better than this year? And if the Mets don't make drastic changes to a team that already made drastic, some significant moves this previous offseason, the offseason before then, why are we led to believe that this team will be much different than what it currently is, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the Mets did a good job on kind of swaying both of them, saying like, hey, like, we don't we we really don't know where we're going to be at. We can't guarantee. So we're going to part with you and get the best possible return. And I also do believe, according to Cohen, you know, he made it abundantly clear that this is a team that he expects to heavily contend next year. And while they're not going to be as star studded, yeah. as he noted, it doesn't mean that they're not going to have success. You know, he's like he he basically said just because you have big names and big stars does not equate success. I think he learned that the hard way uh, this mm-hmm. year with it. Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer. So just because they have the pretty name, just because they have the guaranteed future Hall of Fame status does not guarantee that you're going to get said production with what yeah. you have on paper. Just imagine, for example, they signed Carlos Correa, how much worse things would probably be for them right now. Just as a little snippet of an example. So he's yeah. he's quickly learning that you in order to have sustained success, you have to, again, take some risks. It didn't work out okay, but mm-hmm. these guys aren't long-term. And he's saying, you know, we're still going to spend in the offseason. We're just not going to basically 
have it where I have to deal with more dead weight of money with the mistakes that I not mistakes, but with the decisions that I made over the past two off seasons and these short term high AV contracts for guys that ultimately had you know only a sliver of success with this team given the time frames available. So I, I do not I'm not under the notion that the Mets are going to sit back, sit on their hands and not contend next year. I think that they yeah. are. And a, a good reason as to why I feel that way. The Mets heading into, tw- into the 2022 season had a one true goal. That was to make playoffs. They exceeded those expectations with a regular season performance of over 100 wins. Yes, they fell mm-hmm. short. And yes, Max Scherzer did a phenomenal job at funking uh, when it mattered most in that big game against the Padres and the Braves prior to that. Uh, but point being is that heading into that season, us Mets fans would have been just more than content with just making playoffs after how 2021 went yeah. the first year under Cohen. Now you had it. World Series aspirations, expectations this year completely fell flat. It feels like the pressure was so much, so much weight on their shoulders and they just couldn't get in use and couldn't handle it. And mm-hmm. you knew from 2022 this, you were expecting similar and they just couldn't do it. So I think having this philosophy, being a little bit more loosey-goosey, making proper off-season moves, not necessarily saying that they need to go out and spend another half a billion dollars because that is not going to happen. I think that's going to set them up to have a fun and kind of surprising 2024 season where they don't have the same added pressure like they did Mm -hmm. heading into this year. No, I think that's that's a good point. The, The team can compete next year. The team can win. You are going to... You still have talented players on this team. You have young players that are continuing to develop and going through some lumps right now, smooth those out. And in 2024, you're going to have more young talent that makes their way up. Some of those Astros prospects may make their way up. You may see Acuna make his way up late in the year. There's, there is definitely some good signs. One player though, that I think has to be there for this team to, you know, have a shot to still be a winning competitive team. That's Pete Alonzo. Yeah. Your thoughts, me. your thoughts on Pete and these thoughts of he he might get traded this offseason. What's what's going on? The Pete's the Mets have to extend Pete Alonzo, right? They can't let him walk. Right. Yeah. Uh so from what from what I know about this situation, this is not fluff. I think this is the first thing that needs to be said to anyone that believes that, oh, this is just false reporting that the Mets, you know, that they didn't have them available on the market, that they haven't taken calls and they haven't thoroughly thought about this with them being, you know, a ways away apart mm-hmm. on extension. Farthest thing from the truth. This this is all very much accurate reporting. This is actively happening, as crazy as it is to say. And us Mets fans have been a heavy proponent of extending Alonzo. However, the likelihood of that happening right now, I can't say it's strong, especially for Pete's case. Uh, unless the unless Steve Cohen is going to be generous, which he very well is all the time, um, and really gives Alonzo the exact number he's looking for. If you're in Alonzo's case, why would you want to extend? Aside right. from you know loving New York and being here, and you know he is the face of this team in a lot of ways. He's like a David Wright 2.0. He's he's a true leader. Uh, the fans love. I love him. It feels like mm-hmm. yesterday I witnessed his first home run in person at City Field just a couple of years ago, and now he leads uh, the Mets in home runs at City Field. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's only been a couple of years, and that's happened, right? So Alonzo has been nothing short of a blessing for this club, and I truly hope that he retires a Met. Having said that, however, um, they're they're clearly apart right now in extension talks. I wonder to what extent are the Mets kind of playing a little bit of hardball here? Um, for what reason? I'm not too sure. I know that Pete right. has been streaky this year. However, given benefit of the doubt, a lot of that afterwards was from the Charlie Morton injury. I, I know, don't get me wrong, this has not been the, the kindest year to Alonzo, and he has had 
uh, more loops in his swing, has not been as clutch as what we've liked to see. Uh, 2022, in my opinion, was his best season of his career, better than his rookie year. Uh, just was able to hit the ball the other way, choking up on the bat much more, not uh, much more, not chasing slider down the way nearly as much, right. taking his walks, not chasing up and in. Um, this year has not been the same. He, he has had a lot of those same struggles that we've seen from years prior. And I think the Mets, if you're in the Mets shoes here, it's a really tricky situation because on one hand, you have arguably the face of the Mets, a young dominant slugger who has the most home runs in baseball since arriving in the league in 2019. But two, you also know that this is to Pete Alonso as much as we love him. He's not a supreme caliber defender at first base. He does get streaky. And, mm -hmm. you know, power hitting first baseman aren't the hardest thing to come by, especially right. if you are a team with a great analytics department. We see them year after year after year, and a lot of these guys end up without jobs after a number of years uh, because you go from first baseman to DH, and then, you know, if you're, say, struggling with the contact, you know, say you're hitting, you know, just around the Mendoza line, if not a little below it, uh, but still hitting 30 nukes, you know, that might only get you so far. So I think they're weighing all those options, but don't get it twisted. Pete Alonso needs to be extended. He needs to be here. I think it'll be not only smack in the face to the Mets, uh, to us Mets fans, but I think it'll just be something that they will deeply regret for years and years on that. Uh, the same way that under the Wolpons, uh, unfortunately, uh, Steve Cohen hadn't bought the team yet, was still a year away. The Mets allowed a pitcher by the name of Zach Wheeler to walk away on a $100 million contract to the Philadelphia <laughs> Phillies. And that still haunts me to this day. Uh, just one of many examples of uh, poor decision-making previous front office did. Yeah. And hopefully we don't see a uh, similar mistake, but to a higher magnitude now in Alonzo. Again, cannot say enough great things about him. Had the yeah. pleasure of meeting him for the first time earlier this year at a Jeff McNeil's charity event. Great guy. I mean, just, again, the face, arguably the face of this club, along with Nimmo, along with Lindor, and a guy that I truly do believe can be an X factor in helping the Mets having a deep playoff run should, again, he be on the club. So fingers crossed they get it figured out because if they don't, I will be the first to call out everyone, starting with Steve, on it. Yeah, no, it, he's a face-of-the-team guy. He is. A, he feels like the New York Mets, and that's different. You're right about how there are you know, a, a slugging uh, slugging first baseman are not hard to find. Uh, he does not play elite defense, but what is hard to find is somebody that just sort of encapsulates the team, the city. Uh, he steps up. He can be a leader. He feels like he's, I mean, he's at the home run derby every single year and it almost feels like it's an advertisement for the Mets when yeah. he's out there. So it's fantastic. And looking at the 2025 free agents. So again, you got one more year with Pete Alonzo. He's not a free agent to anybody listening. He's got one more year of arbitration and then he would be a free agent. So the, the, the thought is you, you trade him in the offseason and whoever gets him has that year. But you don't have a lot of free agent options at first base. Uh, if you, let's say you roll one more year with Pete, take that final year of arbitration, and then you let him walk, there are not going to be many options available. And so then you're going to have to look at traits, and then you have to start looking at moving from the system. I I, I would hope that they can get this done uh, we only have a few more minutes with you, so I want to get I want to get this uh, from you. Your expectations for the team the rest of the way. What do you think we're going to see? Are we going to see? Are we finally going to see Mauricio called up? Are <laughs> we going to see this team just run out there and look flat like they did against Kansas City? What are we going to see from the Mets the rest of the way this season? Well, right now, I think they're just unbelievably flat because they're gutted by the reality that they became full sellers. I think right. that's what's happened here. I mean, justifiably so. 
uh that they've they've had they've had a good head on their shoulders all year round from everyone mm-hmm. i've heard in that locker room justin verlander when he did his press with the astros today emphasized exactly that he's like really impressed with the guys and how well we managed to stay level-headed when we were not having a good season all things considered mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i think that really started to hit them like a truck you could tell uh obviously the team isn't as good right now either they have a couple minor leaguers currently in the lineup so that doesn't help either but i think of the rest of the way I'll give you what I think is going to happen, what I hope happens. Let's start with what I hope happens. Ronnie Mauricio, one of the Mets' top prospects, needs to get his butt up here. He has been raking in AAA all year long. Now, defensively, he's had his hiccups. He's just around an average player in WRC Plus this year. However, Mm -hmm. that also needs to be noted that he's been toying in different positions because he plays shortstop, so he can't play that here. He needs to get more reps at second base, get some reps in left field, and you know, also uh, does strike out at a solid clip. Regardless, I want to see him at the bigs. There's no reason not to. His ETA mm-hmm. is this year. Um, again, he's been tearing the cover off the ball all year in AAA. So I'm hoping, and I do expect that he will be called up within the next month. So that that's the ultimate goal here. Uh, they just want to give him more defensive reps and versatility at second base and left field. Mm-hmm. Um, but how they go the rest of the way, you know, I said for a while heading into the trade deadline that I do believe that the Mets are going to get on this stupid, silly run. Um, they're they're going to fall short. But I think that because they don't have this pressure anymore, they're going to start to play some loose and fun baseball. Might take a couple weeks, but I think as we get into the final month of the yeah. season, they're really going to kind of loosen, loosen up and just, again, have some entertaining games for once that we really haven't seen all year. So that's kind of my expectation as someone that has seen this before where the Mets, yeah. you know, fell short but they still managed to have a nice little end to the season um but yeah expect some bad baseball some bad yeah. baseball they want to get yeah. a high draft pick too they want to slip into that number six spot uh they can do that if they fall right. far enough so by all means keep losing <laughs> like i'm at the point I, where if we're going if we're doing tank for just the rest of the year tank sure. all the way baby like you got you know, nothing to lose so mauricio's uh, interesting because there's there's a guy in cincinnati that they called up who mashes and strikes yeah. out a lot too and things are working out okay here would you know I, I, as as i thought about that as you were talking i also thought about this the Mets, if they call Mauricio up in September, will not get that same injection of life as if they start the season with him next year or if they call right. him up after a month next year. So if they are trying to play the PR game, I would hate it because I would I, I wanted Mauricio up like a month ago, but there was nowhere to play him. I get that. But from a inject life into your fan base, I think Mauricio would do that. Let's talk about injecting life into the team. Give me a target or two that the Mets should be focused on this upcoming free agency. Where do you want to see the Mets focus this? There's a ton of pitchers that are going to be available. You're going to have Arias. You're going to have Nola. You're going to have Snell. You're going to have all these guys that were just traded, Giolito and Lorenzen, uh, Erod, who wasn't. Do you have a target or two in mind for the Mets that you want to see them go out and get this offseason? As someone who does not know the full list yet of position players, because I'll be mm-hmm. doing my homework as soon as the offseason begins, I'm not going to mm-hmm. speak on them. I will speak on pitching. Uh, the Mets have some gaping holes in the rotation right now. How are they going to address that? Let's yeah. start with the man uh, by the last name of Yamamoto and the MPB right now. Uh, one of the best 
young Japanese pitchers out there. He will be posted and hitting the free agent market this year. And Billy Epler has went to Japan multiple times this year to scout him. Very similar to how he scouted this guy by the name of Kodai Senga and signed yeah. him to a five-year deal, but an opt-out after a couple of years. And, of course, famously signed Shohei Otani uh, to the Angels uh, when he first landed there. And speaking of Shohei, that's an interesting thing to follow. I think the Dodgers are a team to beat, are, are the team to beat. I yeah. think, I think, however, that Steve Cohen, when he wants something and he knows that there is an actual realistic chance, he will do everything he can to make that happen. So no one should write this team off completely yet in the Shohei sweepstakes. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be an interesting process to follow. I think it would be foolish if the Mets didn't at minimum do their due diligence. And we've heard for over yeah. a year now that they're going to do exactly that. So um, Otani will be the fun one to follow, even though my I'm not going to get my hopes up there uh, yet. Yamamoto is the one that I really want to see the Mets heavily consider. And other than that, starting-wise, I do like Aaron Nola quite a bit. I think he's a very underrated starter. Wouldn't hate the idea of kind of prying him away from Philly the same way that Philly pried away Zach Wheeler from us. So, you, you know, that's uh, the biggest thing. The biggest question is, are the Mets going to be willing to sign a starter to at least a five, six, maybe even seven-year deal? And that's something I don't know. However, they have shown a willingness because your boy with the Blue Jays, Kevin Gosman, Sign yeah. that multi-year deal. Yeah. Uh, however, he had more money on the table, same term, by the New York Mets. And he decided to not opt with the Mets and to opt mm-hmm. with the Blue Jays. And yeah. this was also when the Mets were still heavily in on Max Scherzer. Two off-seasons ago, the Mets were trying to land both Scherzer and Gosman together right. for this rotation. So they show have shown a willingness to sign starters to long-term deals that they feel it is deemed worthy. And mm-hmm. in that case, it was for Gosman. Do they feel the same about Nola? Do they maybe feel the same about a Urias, who I've heard throughout the industry that they really, really like him. And they mm-hmm. could use a dominant southpaw because they do not have one. They haven't had one in a while now. Him or Blake Snell, take your pick, right? So yeah. those are guys that we're going to be following along. But just the pitching market as a whole, I'm really curious about. And then from there is once I do more of my due diligence on the position player front, I'm interested right. to see. Maybe it's going to be more of a trade type off season two for the Mets, you know, with some added prospects that they, that they gain. Yeah. Do they want to hold on to them or are they going to say, hey, there's some guys that are in positions that we just don't have flexibility for right now that we can trade for some young, controllable talent of guys that are, aren't hitting arbitration until like what, 2027, 2028, things, things of that nature. Just young, upcoming players is something that I'm curious to see how they evaluate this offseason too. There's some really interesting pitching that uh, I think that is the area that will be the main focus. I think we'll hear most of the rumors around pitching, whether it's free agency or trades, that will be the area. This team, there's there there after Pete's out of first, if he gets traded, then all of a sudden you have a glaring hole uh, on, on in the lineup and out in, in the field. But other than that, this team really has a lot out there and there's a lot of young players that they need to give an opportunity to. They don't have a lot of pitching coming up in the ranks. So the trades in the free agent market is the area to go. I think you have Tidwell. And then after that, again, there's not a lot there. The cupboard is not necessarily stocked up with pitching in the farm system right now. So that will be interesting. I do think pitching will be the way to go. I agree with you on that one. Uh, Tyler, tell our listeners everywhere that they can find you. You all, you've got the YouTube channel. I'll let you talk about the YouTube channel. YouTube channel. You also have a podcast. Tell the people listening where they can find you and your content. 
Oh, absolutely. And again, Jim, thank you so much for having me on. Wishing you continued success as always. And for those that are new that don't know me, you can find me on YouTube. That is at WordyNYM, W-R-D-Y-N-Y-M for consistent Mets coverage, talking everything Mets imaginable from consistent post-game shows, live shows we do all the time, to podcasts with my great friends there uh, at the Queen's Corner podcast that comes out you know, fairly weekly. I've uh, been on a downspell lately because the Mets haven't been playing well, so there hasn't been too much to talk about on that front. Uh, but of course, any type of news rumor you can check me out there too especially in the off season i mean any off season content you will likely see me pop up right away on youtube covering as it, it doesn't matter night day evening when it happens i will always be covering that stuff and on twitter as well at wordy nym very active there of the interact with my community and also i uh, recently started a discord and we have hundreds of members i've already joined so if you are a mets fan if you like talking with fellow mets fans all year long make sure to check out my youtube channel and in the description of my current videos and live shows you can click and join wordy's discord so join all that stuff really does mean a lot if you're a Mets fan, a baseball fan that just enjoys me. And thank you so much in advance. Tyler, thank you for joining me here on the Barreled Up Podcast. I look forward to revisiting with you as more Mets news, you know, more Mets news breaks. We will uh, dig into it, whether it's here on the podcast or maybe your YouTube channel or my YouTube channel or wherever we do. So I do appreciate talking with you. I appreciate you coming in. And to all of the listeners, again, make sure to turn those automatic downloads on so you have the content as soon as it is posted to the feed. On the Odyssey platform, you'll find us. Anywhere that there are podcasts, you'll find us. Thank you guys for listening, and make sure to stay close. More content is coming here on the podcast feed. Tyler, again, thank you. And to the listeners, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time.